Welcome to the house of God today. Amen. Come on, let's appreciate this worship team. Somebody, come on. For leading us into worship so wonderfully. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, welcome to Church Impact. How's your week going? Welcome to December, somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. December is month number 12. Somebody shout 12. You know, the number 12 is a number of government. Somebody say government. When Jesus wanted to take over the world, he got 12 disciples. And he reshaped history forever. Amen. When God wanted to do something new uh, in the world, he anointed Jacob, changed his name to Israel, gave him 12 sons who became the 12 tribes of Israel and formed a new government and something new on the earth. The number 12 is a number of government. It's a number of authority. So I declare over you in the name of Jesus that now that you've come to the 12th month of the year, that God's going to do more for you in this month than he's done for the rest of the year. Somebody shout amen. Come on, you've got to receive that in your spirit. I know it's been a tough year. I know some things have been, you've gone through some rough patches, but I just believe in the name of Jesus that God's going to do something awesome in your life. Something good is going to happen to you. Come on, turn to your neighbor, tell them something good is going to happen to you. Tell them expect something good. Hallelujah, go in the mailbox and expect something new. Come on, somebody, I declare checks in the mail, surprises in the name of Jesus. Every day might as well be Christmas day. Come on, somebody, I declare the favor of God in the name of Jesus. Somebody say yes. Hallelujah. God, I bless you. We bless you, Father. We're starting a new message series today called The Unstoppable Church. Somebody say The Unstoppable Church. I want you to know that the church of Jesus Christ is unstoppable. It's the most powerful force on the earth. So this is a three-part message series. And today we're going to talk about planted and flourishing. Somebody say planted and flourishing. And next week we're going to talk about the command center. The command center. I want you to know that in the world, as the church goes, so does the world go. The church determines what happens in our nation. It's not the politicians. It's the church of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in the book of Second, uh, Second, Second Chronicles. There we go. Somebody say Second Chronicles. Somebody say, bless him, Father. Help him out. Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, seek my face, I will hear from heaven and I will heal the land. The healing of the land does not determine on the politicians, it determines on the church. It's determined by the church. When the church begins to pray, we decide what happens in the world. So next Sunday, we're going to talk about this. I want to help every believer in this place to know that you don't have to worry about the state of America. I know some people are concerned about the, the political landscape of this nation. I want you to know that we're in charge. Come on, somebody. I mean that. We're in charge. The church of Jesus determines what happens in the business world, in the educational world, in our nation, in the spheres of life. We are here to determine what's going to happen. You don't have to fear nothing. As long as we do our part, God will heal America. Amen. And then on third Sunday... We're going to talk about, third Sunday, we're going to talk about the sanctuary. And also that day, we're going to do our year-end giving. Amen. Uh, I know some people are balancing their books, looking for opportunities to give. It's, it's, it's the end of the year. 
we want you to consider giving in the house of God here at Impact. Amen. Why? Because we believe that the church of Jesus Christ is the ultimate rescue center on the world, in the world. Thank God for AA programs and, and drug rehabilitation programs and all the things that are out there. But how many people know that the, the real thing that will save you and rescue you is Jesus? Thank God for the drugs and thank God for all these depression drugs. Thank God for all that stuff that's out there. We should, we should honor the stuff. We should listen to the doctors. But I want you to know that ultimately it's the church of Jesus that's been anointed to rescue the world. Amen. And here at Impact Church, we want to be a part of that. We want to feed hungry people, take care of homeless, and, and be a part of our community and bless people. Amen. And on that day, you get the opportunity to give towards that. Amen. Awesome. And then this year, Christmas happens to be on a Sunday. So we're not canceling church, but we're going to do church on a Saturday instead. So we're going to have a candlelight service on Saturday the 24th. Bring your family, bring their church people, bring those, those family members who don't always go to church. It's going to be a great service. It's going to start at 4 p.m. and the service will be over by 5.15 on time for dinner. It's going to be incredible. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, be here. Amen. Well, are you ready for the word of God? Hallelujah. Got through the announcements. Got through the announcements. Somebody shout planted and flourishing. One more time. Somebody shout planted and flourishing. How many people in this place really want to flourish in life? Seriously. Seriously. Anybody too religious to say, no, I don't want to flourish in life. I just want to exist. How many people really want to flourish? Come on. How many people really want to be successful? How many people want to see their family successful? The next generation successful? Your children successful? Your children's children successful? How many people really want to flourish in life? I want to, follow, I want to flourish in life. Today I want to give you a secret, a biblical secret to flourishing in life. Right from the word of God. Right from the word of God. Turn to your neighbor and tell them it's going to be good in here. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you're going to flourish in life. Let's read the Bible. Let's read Psalms chapter 92 from 12 to 14. Psalms 92, 12 to 14. We're going to read together. One, two, three, go. The righteous shall flourish like... It says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. They shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. It says, they that are planted. Somebody shall planted. They that are planted in the house of God shall flourish. It says, they shall still bear fruit in their old age. And they shall remain fresh and flourishing. Let's also read Acts chapter 2. We're going to read seven scriptures. Acts chapter 2 from verse 40 to 47. Acts chapter 2 verse 40 to 47. We're going to read together. I'm going to drop out in certain areas. You continue to read, okay? Here we go. One, two, three, go. And with saying, be saved from this perverse generation. From those who gladly receive the word were baptized, 
And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. added to the church daily those come on let's put our hands together you guys did amazing wow you guys did amazing 10 years ago when I got married uh, one of my friends came to me and said bro you did a great job choosing a wife you need to help me out you did amazing your wife is amazing by the way just help me celebrate my wife I married an amazing wife I'll tell you this, I wouldn't do what I do here without an amazing wife like her. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. I live a life of separation. I, I wake up and fast and pray. I, I do all kinds of stuff. I fasted on holidays. I'm, I'm a wild man. I'll tell you that. I'm a crazy African. But she never limits the move of God in my life. How many people know you can't do the stuff that God's doing in this place without prayer? Amen. I, I spend a minimum of 20, 30 hours, sometimes 40 a week praying and she's very supportive, very, very supportive. So I honor her. But when I got married 10 years ago, a friend of mine said, man, you, you did really good. You did awesome. For those of you who know me, I'm not talking about David, by the way, because somebody's thinking, it's David. No, no, it's another friend who said, hey, man, you need to help me find a wife. I said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to help you. When I see a girl that reminds me of my wife, I'll recommend. I'm not going to set you up on a blind date because I just don't do that. That's not my thing. Uh, but I'll tell you when I see a girl and you can go ahead and try your luck, you know. And so once in a while, I would recommend somebody to him. And uh, this brother went through like eight to nine girls. And, and then he came back to me and said, hey, man, you got another one for me? I was like, dude, no, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done recommending these young ladies to you because I've recommended some amazing girls. And, and, and you're just going around, dude. You need to chill out and commit to one of these godly Christian girls. And I said to him, what happened to that other girl? He was like, man, I really, really liked her face, but I, I wasn't really into her body that much. I'm like, what, what, the, what, the, what are you talking about? I said, how about that other girl? Man, I was, I was into her body, but I wasn't into her face. I said, what happened to the other girl? He says, man, uh, I, just, I just, I wasn't into her personality. I said, how about the other girl? He says, she was awesome. Okay, then why didn't you marry her? He said, uh, I couldn't really have intelligent conversations with her. I'm like, you trying to marry Steve Jobs or something? trying to marry somebody smart i said dude we are christians this is what i said to him i said bro we're believers of course god wants you to be with somebody who you're attracted to but when he's said and done you don't make decisions just based on these attributes when god leads you to date a young lady you need to pray and ask god is this the lady you want me to be with amen you don't choose a girl just based on looks and stuff. Of course, God wants you to be with somebody you're attracted to. But you choose based on God's leading. And I said to him, I said, bro, what you're doing right now is like that farmer who, who planted a tree, who, who put a seed in the ground trying to grow a tree. And then two months later, 
He saw that nothing was coming out. He uprooted the seed and took it somewhere else and waited three months. Nothing was happening. Took it somewhere else. And he just kept doing that until that seed died. And I say to him, you know, my wife wasn't perfect when I met her. But because we committed to one another, she began to blossom. And I began to blossom. You've got to find one ground where God leads you to and put your seed in the ground and wait and watch God do the work. My wife is not the same girl I married 10 years ago, and I'm not the same dude that she married 10 years ago. We committed to one another, and now we're growing. I want you to know this. There's a difference between a person who just attends a church and a person who's planted in the church. It's a real big difference. I want you to know that there are people who've been attending church their whole life, and they've never been planted in the house of God. How many people want significance? How many people want to flourish? The Bible says in, in Psalms 92, 12, it says the righteous shall flourish. Somebody shall flourish. It says the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. You have to know this about the palm tree. It's one of the few trees that can survive in the wilderness. It can survive dur during the, a time of drought because a palm tree sends its root down into the ground. And so even though it come, it's planted in an area which is dry, it survives when, when everything else is dying because it finds a stream down deep within the belly of the earth and it can survive when everything else is dying. God says he wants you to flourish when people are burning out in the world and everybody's scared about what's going to happen with America, when everybody's scared about their future, their pensions, their retirement, when everybody's worried, everybody getting sick, you can flourish because you're righteous and you're planted in the house of God. The Bible says the righteous grow like a cedar in Lebanon. The cedar tree is one of those trees that, one of the few trees that can actually grow on the mountaintop and survive harsh weathers, heat and, and an extreme coldness. They can survive that. They can put their root even on a rock and survive. God wants you to survive. God wants you to flourish. God wants you to grow. But the secret is this. The secret to flourishing in life is to be planted in the house of God. I'm going to say that again. The secret to flourishing in life is to be planted in the house of God. There are people who can be around church but never be in the church. God wants you to be planted in the local church. The local church is the hope of the world. God has blessed the local church. If you travel, if you move out of town and you go into a new city, the first thing you need to do before you find a job, before you find a hospital, find yourself a church where you can be planted. It's the most important thing. God has pro promised a blessing for those that are planted in the house of God. You know why? Jesus says in the book of Matthew 16 verse 18, Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church is not the building. You are the church. So when Jesus says, I will build my church, he says, I'm going to build you when you're planted in the house of God. And there's no devil on earth who will come against you because you're planted in the house of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Look at what God is doing at Impact Church in a short time. I want you to know that what God is doing in this place is Jesus himself at work at Impact Church. This is not a Zenzo thing. Come on, this is not a Michelle thing. Come on, somebody. This is not a Juan thing and a Jelaine and a, an Adriel thing. This is not a team thing. This is a Jesus thing. This is the work of the Lord. 
And I want you to know, and I prophesy over Impact Church that we haven't seen anything else. God's going to continue to grow this church. God's going to continue to do his work because it's Jesus himself that is growing the church. Somebody say hallelujah. David was called a man after God's own heart. But yet David says in the book of Psalms, chapter 122, he says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I don't know about you, but if God had called me a man after his own heart, I would never show up at church. <laughs> I'd be like, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm a man of God. I, I don't need to go to church. But David says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. People have tried to destroy the church in history. They've tried to annihilate the church, but they can't do it because it's Jesus himself that is protecting and building the church. I want you to know that today in Africa, 25,000 people are saved every single day. Somebody shout hallelujah. In Latin America, some of my friends here from Brazil and Puerto Rico, 21,000 people are saved every single day. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, my friends from Asia, come on. The, the place where people used to worship Buddha and all these dead gods today, 80,000 people are saved every single day in Asia, in the underground churches of India, in the underground churches in China. Come on, somebody missed a good place to say hallelujah. The church of Jesus Christ is alive and well. Hallelujah. Somebody say a good amen in this place. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, say a good amen in this place. 80,000 people getting saved in Asia. You got to celebrate over that. Amen. That's the work of Jesus. That's the work of Jesus. Now listen to me. This is not an advertisement for you to join Impact Church. If somebody say, hey, what is it? Where is it going with this here? This is an advertisement for flourishing. There's over 600 churches in the city of Boston. Find one and plant yourself there. Be planted. Don't just be someone who attends church. Be someone who's planted because there's a promise from God for those that are planted in the house of God. If you believe that, say amen. Now listen, I'm not implying to you that if you're not part of a church that you're going to hell. Uh-uh. How many people know Impact Church can't save you? I can't save you. Only Jesus can save you. Hallelujah. I know people who are saved in their own bedroom by themselves. I know people who go to church. It's a home group. It's, there's different models of church. The point is be a part of one. Be planted in the house of God. There's a blessing that's attached to being in the house of God. Jesus says he is the head and the church is the body of Christ. This is the closest that you will come to touching Jesus himself on earth. His church is his body. Now, it's amazing, right? It's amazing that the church is not perfect. It's amazing that Jesus, who is perfect, has found it in himself that for you to grow and flourish, you have to be connected to an imperfect church to release something that's perfect inside of you. That's why it's tough to be planted. Today, I want to give you three things. Somebody shout three. Three things that you need to do in order to be planted in the house of God. Because there are many people who have never heard this before. There are people who have been attending churches, but they don't know how to be planted in the house of God. This is your time. This is your season. You're going to flourish in the name of Jesus. Young people, do you want to flourish? Get married in the house of God. Found spouse, find spouses who love the local church, who go to church. 
Amen. Raise your kids in the house of God. Start your businesses and remain in the house of God. There's a blessing that's attached to being in the house of God. The other day I was having breakfast with a man of God that I honor, uh, my brother, our brother Raymond Jones up there. Just wave at us, my brother. Come on, let's celebrate Raymond Jones. Come on. He lived such a, he's lived such a great life, such an amazing life. But when I was hearing his story, I noticed he traveled in so many places and he's done amazing things in his life. Amazing things. I don't have the liberty to talk about it, but he's very successful man, great things in his life, uh, very humble man. He walks in here, he's a very humble man, but God's done amazing things in him. But as, he's was, as he was sharing his story with me, I could see something that was powerful. Every city that he went into, he made sure that he found a church. Him and his lovely wife made sure that they found a church. Every place that they went to, they made sure that they connected themselves. He's from Virginia. They made sure that they connected themselves to the church. There's a blessing that comes with being planted in the house of God. Are you guys ready to hear these three things? I'm going to take these three things right from the Bible, right from Acts chapter 2. Uh, this is the place where the church was founded. This is the place where Jesus himself founded the church. He told the, this, the disciples, go into the upper room and begin to pray. And while you're there, something special is going to happen. And they went there. The Holy Spirit was released. And the first church was birthed. This is the birthing of the first church. This was the place where the original church started. And we're going to learn how to be planted in the house of God based on scripture. Amen. Acts chapter 2, verse 40. Acts chapter 2, verse 40. Let's read that together if they put it up there. One more time. One, two, three, go. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. Keep that scripture there. Peter preached to them. This was Peter preaching. He said, be saved. Somebody shall be saved. He says, those who gladly received the word were baptized. Those who gladly received the word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Be saved. If you're going to be planted in the house of God, number one, you have to be saved for real. Come on, somebody. Be saved for real. I know people who go to church because their grandmother went to church, and their grandmother recommended they go to church. I know people who go to church because they know that grandma is going to call them at 4 o'clock on Sunday and say, Did you go to church, baby? And they want to be able to say, yes, I went to church. And they go to church because grandmother asked them to go to church. You have to go to church because you're saved for real. Come on, somebody. Listen, I know people who Friday night, they're out there, you know, work, 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 work. No, 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 work, work. Saturday, work, 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 work. It, it, it kind of looks funny, right? It's funny for Billy, you're shaking your body. Work, 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 work. Too much energy. Work, 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 work. Y'all know what I'm talking about in this place. And then Sunday morning you're in church. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Somebody cover. Yeah, you're covered with something else. You're covered with smoke. Impact Church, it's time to get saved for real. I want you to know that your pastor is safe for real. I love Jesus. I've loved Jesus my whole life. I've lived for him. 
Come on, somebody. I've given everything that God's given me to serve Jesus. I love Jesus. That woman you saw here, Mawa, she loves Jesus. I married that girlfriend because she was in love with Jesus. I went to ask her out, and she said no to me. I was like, yeah, that's good. That's what I wanted. She told me, I'm spending time with Jesus. I can go on a date with you tonight. I said, that's the woman I want to be with. She loves Jesus for real. I love Jesus for real. I want you to be saved for real. I love you as your pastor, but I know that there are people who come to church and they're not planted because they're not saved for real. I release the fear of God in this place today in the name of Jesus. May God give you a hunger for his presence more than anything else in this world. May God give you a hunger for God's presence more than a pregnant woman craves for cheesecake at 3 o'clock in the morning. May God give you a hunger for God's presence that will cause you to wake up in the night and begin to pray and cry out to God and love on God. May God give you a hunger enough to cause you to go into the streets and tell somebody about Jesus because there's nothing better in this world than Jesus. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. I stood on platform after platform leading worship for a man called Reinhard Bonke. I've seen millions of people in open places lifting up holy hands saying yes to Jesus. There's nothing better in this world than Jesus. I pray you fall in love with him today. You got to be saved for real. Be saved for real. For those of you who are in the kingdom of God, you've been walking with God, you have to follow the word of God. The people have been saved a long time. You've got to be safe for real. Come on, somebody. Be, be safe for real. Be safe for real. People asking me these days, Pastor, what do you think about smoking? What do you think about getting drunk? What do you think about a little weed? What do you think about this? What do you think? doesn't matter what I think about it. doesn't matter what you think about it. doesn't matter what the priests think about it. It's what the Bible says about these things. Let's follow the word of God. Come on, somebody. Let's quit these addictions. Let's stop gossiping. You've been in the house of God still gossiping. Come on, we got to chase that devil out of you in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. This African preacher is going to preach things that are not popular. They're not even preaching in America anymore to repent. But I'm going to preach this because I'm not here to be popular. I'm here to love on God and serve him with everything inside of me. Come on, somebody with a witness in this place. Somebody who loves Jesus, help me out in this place. Shout hallelujah! I love you and I want you to be saved for real I love you I want you to serve God for real be planted in the, in the house of God that's why here at Impact Church we welcome everybody I've taught people in this place <laughs> thank you thank you for that amen you, we welcome everybody in this house listen I don't care where, where they've been I don't care what, what they do they're welcome in this place we don't judge anybody. We set this atmosphere. We have the coffees out there and all these different things. An excellent kids ministry because we want you to be able to invite your unsaved loved ones into this church and know that we're going to love on them. Come on, we're going to give them a big hug. We're going to celebrate them. We're going to say welcome home to them. If you're new in this house today for the first time, come on, yes, let's celebrate them. Let's say welcome home together. Somebody shout welcome home. Hallelujah. Be planted in the house of God. Be saved for real. Peter preached and he said, be saved from this perverse generation. And the Bible says the ones who received the word with gladness got baptized. I want you to know that baptism is an outward display of an inward expression. When you go into that water, you're saying that old person is dead. That guy who used to curse, that person who used to drink and do those, that person is dead. When you get out of that water, you come out a new person. Save for real. Amen. Number two. Let's read scripture, number two, verse 42, verse 42. Let's read verse 42 together. 
Acts 2, verse 42. One, two, three, go. Keep that scripture there. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They continued steadfastly. Somebody shout steadfastly. In the apostles' doctrine. The apostles were the leaders, the sent ones. And doctrine simply means the word of God. They stood and they sat at the feet of the apostles and received the doctrine, the word of God. But also the apostles' doctrine stands for vision. I want you to know that every church has a unique vision. Every church has a unique vision. There's no church that can reach everybody. God gives leaders, apostles and leaders of the house of God, the clergy, the elders of the house of God, a vision. If you're going to be planted in the house of God, you have to serve the vision. Somebody shall serve the vision. But you can't serve the vision that you haven't received. You have to receive the vision in your heart and commit to the vision and serve the vision. I know many people who join churches and they're so resistant to what God is doing in that place. That's what the enemy wants you to do. That's exactly the place where the enemy wants you to do. Because he knows you're going to flourish and you're going to experience significance when you support the vision of the house, the vision of the church, and you continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That's why you find people going from church to church to church. And it's like that person who plants a seed and uproots it and goes somewhere else. And plants the seed and takes it out. And plants that seed and take it out. The enemy is after your significance. The devil doesn't want you to flourish. That's why the church has so many issues. People do all this kind of stuff. When it's said and done, the enemy does not want you to be planted in the house of God. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And in fellowship. Somebody shout fellowship. Here at Impact Church, we have small groups. Because you're not going to be planted in a church until you begin to form some long, some, some life, some life relationships, some deep relationships. Many people come into the house of God and it feels like they're going to a concert. They run in an auditorium like this and worship and then run out. You never get to feel connected to the fabric of the church, the core of the church. I want you to become planted in the house of God today. Somebody shout hallelujah. And I told you this is not about Impact Church. There's over 600 churches, amazing churches in Boston. Find one and connect yourself there. Church is not a business. Church is a family. Get into the family. Come early. Greet somebody. Greet somebody you've never met before. Stick around after service and greet somebody else. Form some long-lasting long relationships and get to know some people. That way when you're sick, when something happens to you, somebody knows about you. Somebody can pray for you. Somebody can hold you accountable. There's a difference between just attending church and being planted in church. It says they broke bread. They ate together. They discerned Christ's body together, which means they promoted the unity of the church. And the Bible also says, and they prayed together. Somebody shout pray. Part of you being planted in the house of God is being so committed to the vision of the church that you pray for it during the week. Let me tell you something. You will never be connected to something you don't pray for. You you will never feel attached to something you don't pray for. Pray for the church. Amen. Pray Pray for your pastor. Pray for me. Amen. I'm not ashamed to ask you. Would you pray for me, somebody? Amen. Can I see some hands? Some hands. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you. 
pray for my wife too. Amen. Pray for this team that serves here. Hallelujah. You know, many people just, they criticize pastors. But how are you going to criticize me for what I'm doing if you don't pray for me? I need you to pray for me so I can hear God. If you don't pray for me, I'll never hear God. But you get invested when you begin to pray for the church. That's being planted. Not just attending a church, but being planted in the house of God. I want you to know that there's no church that's perfect. God's trying to work some things in you. He wants to work perfection in you so much that he will make you join a church that's not perfect so he can produce something perfect in you. But we run away from a church because a church is not perfect. God's trying to work something in you and he's using this imperfect body to build something inside of you. I heard somebody say, man, I left the church. <laughs> I left the church because every time I went to that church, there was, this, there was this old mother who would always come to me and tell me, take your hat off. And he would go to these kids and tell them, stop wearing those crazy jeans. Stop cutting your hair that way. You look like the devil himself. And so these kids and these guys got, they got offended. Can I say something to you? You're going to get offended in the house of God. Somebody's going to offend you. Can I say something to you? Can I give you one of the most powerful revelations ever? You ready? People are crazy. Can, can I be honest? People are local. Can I be honest? Somebody is going to offend you. But it's the plan of the devil to get you out of the church and to uproot you so you don't flourish because somebody offended you. You don't leave a church because somebody offended you. You leave a church because God says it's time. But you stay in the house of God. Somebody's going to offend you. Amen. I'm going to offend you one of these days. No, pastor, you're nice. No, just wait. Just wait. My, my wife with her cute self, she's, she's pure. She's awesome. She's going to offend you one of these days. Your parents offend you. You love them. Your kids offend you. You love them. But you don't leave the family because somebody offended you. You stay in the family. You stay planted because God wants to bless you. Somebody give me a good amen in this place. You're going to get offended. Somebody's going to offend you. Uh, one time somebody told me, uh, Pastor, I, I quit that church because, because that preacher was offending me with what he was preaching. I said, what was he preaching? Oh, he was telling me, man, we need to go home and wash dishes for our wives offended me man I worked so hard I gotta go home and wash dishes I said so you left the church yeah man and you came to impact I said please go back because I'm gonna ask you to iron your wife's clothes <laughs> you're getting offended because the preacher said to wash dishes for your wife listen I'm ironing my wife's clothes I'm, I'm gonna ask you to give her a massage come on somebody don't get offended what the preacher is preaching. The word of God says in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. The word of God says the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It says piercing and penetrating to even dividing spirit and soul. Bone and marrow. It says the word of God judges. Somebody say judges. It judges thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You will get offended. The word of God is the sword of a spirit. The last time I check, the sword will hurt you. Please don't be at a church where it's so comfortable you love everything the preacher is saying. Please don't be at a church where you don't feel like ouch once in a while. 
That's why I preach the word of God in this house. Listen, some of the stuff I preach, I, I, get, off, I get a little offended myself. I get convicted myself. I'm preparing this message that I cry out to God and say, God, help me, save me. I need this for myself. I need to be changed. Don't, don't get offended because of the preacher. God is trying to work something inside of you. Receive the vision. Continue steadfastly. This is what people do. They come to church. At first, they love the church because we all, we all love the honeymoon phase, right? And then that lasts. It lasts. And then all of a sudden, I mean, that, that fades. It fades. And then all of a sudden, uh, you come to church and your heart is not in it. Your heart is not in it. And you show up and you smile. Hey, how you doing, Pastor? You're, you're awesome. You know, you, you get into this self-preservation mode and you act like everything is good, but your heart is not there. That's what the enemy wants to do. Be planted in the house of God today in the name of Jesus. God wants you to flourish. You're not fooling a man. You're, fooling, you're not fooling a man. God can see the matters of the heart. He wants you to be connected. And listen, I understand that people in this place, you've been in churches where you're abused. You're being in churches where those crazy things happening. And I get it. I get it. I get it. But I want you to know, don't let the devil stop you from being planted in the house of God. Come on, if you're going to clap, do it well. Do it well. Do it well. Do it well. <laughs> I heard somebody else say, I quit that church because they won't, they won't let me sing. This young lady literally called me. I was in a hotel. I was so tired. I said, how'd you find my phone number? I found you. She said, I, I want to come to Impact Church because the church where I go to, they, they won't let me and my brother sing. The, the choir master, the choir leader will not let me sing. They're not allowing me to sing. They, they just, I, I said, wow, is that why you're quitting? Please don't, don't come to Impact Church because they're not letting you sing. That's why here at Impact Church, we're very intentional. We have next steps. I hope you come today, do one-on-one and begin to serve. Here we have small groups and we train you and allow you to start a small group. If you don't like the groups that are there now, start something you like. And be a part of it. Amen. But we're here at Impact Church, we're intentional about giving you opportunities to serve and to be a part of the body of Christ. But even then, I want you to know something. We may not utilize everything you have right at this moment. But stick around because God's going to give you an opportunity. Somebody shout hallelujah. You don't join a church because there's, because there's an opportunity. You don't leave a church because there are no opportunities. You join a church because God is telling you to be planted there. But I want you to know, we're making efforts in this house so that you can serve. This girl said, you know, they're not allowing me to sing. I said, can you sing? And she said, yes, I can. I heard the voice. I'm like, ah, I'm a musician. <laughs> yes, I can. That tone didn't sound, that tone. There's a 700 mid-range there, one. There's 700 mid-range. That's, that's an 800 hertz in there. That, 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 that will hurt somebody. Say, hey, I can sing. I said, who told you you can sing? She said, my mama. Okay, if, if your mother tells you you can sing, get a second opinion. Because your mother is going to tell you you can sing. Okay, don't, don't just take it home. Go to that auntie who's honest. Okay, that auntie who tells you, son, your breath is stinking. Son, go, go wash your mouth. Go to that auntie and ask her, auntie, can I sing? She'll tell you the truth. It's like those people, right, who go to American Idol. Anybody loves American Idol? And Randy, he's always nice. Hey, oh, come, what are you going to sing for us today? Uh, and they always, they know they can't sing, but they always mention the most difficult sing, song. I'm going to sing, I believe that the children are our future. 
if you're going to sing, please don't pick Whitney Houston. Unless you're really good. What you're going to sing? I'm going to sing, I will always love you. And then they open their mouth. I believe the children are our future. Give that out. And Randy's like, whoa. And then they stop right in, the, they have the nerve to stop right in the middle of singing and say, you don't like it? <laughs> no, we don't like it. Do you like it? Yeah, my mama told me this is, I sing in the house all the, all the time. This sounds good. And those people come to the house of God and they want to sing and they want opportunities and they quit and run off and get uprooted from the ground that can make them to flourish because they didn't have an opportunity to sing. That's exactly where the devil wants you to be. Can I give you a tweet? Let me give you a tweet. Here we go. Here's my tweet. Patience is an indicator that you are mature and ready to handle the blessing. And the opposite is true. Impatience is an indicator that you're immature and not ready to handle the blessing. Sometimes the best thing that can happen to you is to serve in that area that you're not even interested in because God is really training you. Listen, I wanted to sing in the house of God. And they made me clean toilets. I wanted to preach in the house of God. They made me go and hang out with those crazy African kids, you know, pulling pranks on me, pulling my pants, and crazy kids. And I wanted to preach in the house of God. I'm here today because I am steadfast in the house of God. If you're going to do it, you have to do it steadfastly. Somebody shout steadfastly. If you're going to remain in the house of God and be planted, you're going to have to do it steadfastly. Come on, do it with me. You're going to have to do it real loud. You're going to have to do it, which means you refuse to quit. You refuse to be offended. You refuse and you remain where God's told you to be planted you engage yourself don't come and just smile and act like you're here be here be all the way in and i know there's some people in this place you are hurt pastors hurt you people took advantage of you and so now you just you're just in the outskirts you're you're scared you don't want to serve you don't want to be connected it's time to be planted again somebody shout amen please stand on your feet if you can hallelujah felt a teaching anointing today i went a little longer that I normally do. Can I give you another tweet? Greatness is not always achieved by a change in location, but by a change in perspective. It's not about just running off. It's about changing your mind. Maybe God is doing something. Maybe God has allowed you to be hurt because he's trying to work something in you, trying to teach you how to forgive, trying to teach you some stuff. I wish you knew the stuff I go through, but I'm here because I'm committed to the house of God. And I'm not just here, man. I'm flourishing. I'm excited. I'm happy. My wife is flourishing. I want you to flourish. Find a church in this city and be planted in the house of God. I'm going to give you the last point right here as you stand. In the last one, verse 44, it says, they, they sold their stuff and they gave. They went and sold all their property and they brought it to the house of God. They shared, they shared it among themselves. There was such a spirit of generosity. They shared this stuff among, among themselves. Number one, be safe for real. If you're going to be planted, be safe for real. Number two, serve the vision. And number three, give to the vision. Be a contributor of the vision. Don't just be a taker. Be a giver. Don't just receive and receive and receive. Give to the vision. That's how you become planted in the house of God. Hallelujah. Come serve. Come to next steps and join the force. Begin to serve. Welcome somebody. Help us to welcome somebody who's never been to church before. 
Help us serve the kids there. Come on. We've got a lot of kids there. We don't believe in the junior Holy Spirit. We believe that the same Holy Spirit we have, our kids can have. Some of you can go and begin to invest in the next generation and make a difference. Be planted in the house of God. Hallelujah. Help out. Do something. Uh, come in here and serve and give us two week, two hours per week and join a small group. We have 168 hours in a week. Give us two hours and plant those hours in the house of God. Commit yourself somewhere. Be planted there. Be a part of the fabric of that house and be planted not because it's a perfect church but because the head of the church is perfect and his name is Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Every eye closed.